Good morning and welcome to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make our community such a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Here's your host for East Tennessee Now. Many exciting things happening out with the Monroe County Friends of Animals. So we're checking in with our our friends out there this morning. And I believe I have guest Jim Barrett, who's the president of the board, Richard Seymour, who is golf tournament chairperson, and Teresa Underwood, who is the executive director. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All three of you. Now, tell me, um, now, Teresa, I know that you were with the Humane Society of the Tennessee Valley for several years. Tell me exactly what your position, your as executive director, and how long you've been with the Monroe County Friends of Animals. <laughs> I, I have been here for three, uh, three weeks now. So, um I will be overseeing the Monroe County Friends of Animals uh, fundraising and capital campaigns and um, whatever else is thrown my way. Wonderful. And Jim? I'm I'm the president of McFaw. This is my third year as uh, president. I've been associated with the organization for over a decade now, I think. My wife got me involved. We started fostering puppies at our house. And the next thing I know, I'm president. (laughs) <laughs> every once in a while, every once in a while, I say, "What the heck happened?" <laughs> and you have puppies now. You're fostering. We have a mama and five pups at home. Uh, we built. I built a little puppy room downstairs in our house, and uh, that's where they are now. Oh. Jim, 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 would you tell them how many puppies that you have had at your house since you started the puppy room? Well, my, my, you have to understand, my wife does most of the work, but we probably had 700 puppies go through that puppy room I built downstairs over the years. Oh, my goodness. And then that prepared them to be up for adoption? Right, or or transport. We do a lot of, we have a lot of rescue partners in uh, throughout many states in the country. And we'll, we'll transport these puppies up to New Jersey, for example, and they'll get adopted in a day or two. Oh, and that is through the Monroe County Friends of Animals? Exactly. We, you know, ten, a decade ago, we had one rescue partner we used to send puppies to and so on. Now we're, we're linked into maybe 20 different rescue destinations um, so we can easily rehome dogs. And so we've been very successful with that. Wonderful. And uh, we're going to get back talking more about that. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Richard and say hello to us. And how long have you been with Monroe County Friends of Animals? My fifth year uh, with Monroe County, and I have very specific reason for being here. Uh, in 2012, uh, I had to put my previous dog down. I was uh, at the shelter one day, and a lady came in with this dog, holding this dog in her arms, and said, our neighbors left town and left the dog tied up. And I kind of reached over, and the dog gave me a lick. So Gizmo has been with us for nine years, and he has been absolutely a fabulous, fabulous dog. So thinking back on that, I thought, you know, I want to give something back. So I've been involved. This is my uh, starting my fifth year. Oh, and you're going to be telling us about a golf tournament coming up to benefit the Monroe County Friends of Animals. And uh, but let's let's start off maybe with Jim and tell us. Uh, what is currently going on? Because I know there's a, a lot going on with Monroe County Friends of Animals as well as the shelter there. Yes, well, let me take you back just a second. You know, this organization was formed about 16 years ago by some uh, citizens in the area. Got together with the county and they, the county leased this uh, vacated uh, office structure and we turned it into a 
animal shelters. So it, it's nothing better than your county pound right now. But we've made the most of that. And um, just give you a few quick stats. Ten years ago, that shelter we started out was euthanizing over half the animals. Now, the only animals we really ever euthanize are aggressive or for medical reasons or something like that. So it's a, a really good story. But we've always wanted a new shelter because this one is just really old and deteriorating and small. And so for many years, we've been working at trying to raise money and go on to build a new shelter. Biggest uh, challenge has always been that uh, if we build a shelter, we, we're not going to ask people to donate to build a shelter without being able to tell them for sure that they'll be funding to run that shelter once we build it. So we can't do that by ourselves. So we've been trying to uh, reach an agreement with Monroe County government to share the cost of running the shelter. And I, we've been working on it a while. I think we're very, very close to that. We're kind of excited that, we're, that an agreement is in the near future here. And once that happens, we can... Uh, fast track getting this building up. It's very exciting. To Historically, it's interesting. Uh, Jim mentioned the uh, location of the shelter, but it was uh, Estes Kefauver's son's vet office. So historically, there's uh, there's some, something there, and, and uh, but it is now a very, very old facility, and it needs to be replaced. But anyway, it was an old vet office. Do you have a location in mind at this point? We purchased land about five years ago, so we know where we want to put it. And we've done some preliminary planning. We've done everything we can in the absence of an agreement with the county to make sure that we have the funding necessary to run this place. How much money are we talking? Animal shelters are expensive for all the same reasons that a hospital is expensive. There's lots of plumbing. There's floor coatings. There's wall coatings. There's air exchange requirements, so on and so forth. So animal shelters, the average cost of an animal shelter in the United States is $475 a square foot. So we're looking for something like about 8,500 square feet. You do the math, you get uh, north of $3 million. Now there's alternatives and we're looking at lots of alternatives and we're working on that as we speak. Did you want to share any of that with us or? It's just a matter of different construction methods and ways to build a shelter and so on that may cost more, you know, uh, less to do it this way and, and so on. Um, well, we're, work, we're working through that at the, at the same time we're trying to get an agreement with the county. We have the land and we've had it for a few years, so we're all set on that point. Okay. And I guess you really do need this shelter, saying how old and outdated the current building is. And I guess since you're fostering so many pets on your own in your own homes, it's desperately needed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's been a challenge here, Michelle. A year ago, the Monroe County government called us up one morning and said they were going to close the shelter. And so as I sit here today, we're like, I think it's likely that we will have an agreement with them as part of this year's budget. That was a real scare a year ago for us because without a shelter, it's hard to, to do foster programs. It's hard to do rescue programs and so on. We, we need the shelter and in order to do all the things we do so well. And about how many pets? Well, there's probably 100 animals there on the average. I'll give you a, a round number. Is it strays? Is it hoarding? Uh, what are some of the main reasons animals end up at the shelter in Monroe County? Well, a good portion of them are owner-surrendered owner people that, for whatever reason, can't care for their pet anymore. Animal control, there's municipal as well as uh, county animal control that pick up strays and so on, and that's a very big portion of it as well. It's, those are the, the major sources. And so how can the public help make this a reality? For those residents of Monroe County that are listening, please talk to your commissioner and ask that commissioner and tell that commissioner that you'd like to live in a county where the animals were treated humanely and so on, and an effort was made to rehome them. 
please vote yes on this proposal uh, that uh, our organization has made to the county. This organization has been extremely successful in what we do. Like I said, the, the euthanasia rates are way down and rescue rates are way up. Money donated to McFaw is well used. And I'm sorry, McFaw is the acronym for Monroe County Friends of Animals. And, and Michelle, also, and you know my favorite part, you need to go to www.monroecountyfriendsofanimals.org and uh, you can find out more information about how you can donate and help out. Absolutely. And I know you do have a golf tournament coming up. And Richard, do you want to give us the details on that? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's called uh, For the Animals, F-O-R-E, For the Animals. And it's coming up on May the 22nd at Kahiti Golf Course in Bonora, which is a part of Teleco Village. Um, we uh, are registering people right now. We need a few more golfers to get up to our 120, 130 number. So uh, we are out canvassing people uh, in, in the neighborhoods and, and trying to fill up the, uh, the field for the day. And I'm confident we will. We still have open uh, sponsorship available. Uh, a tournament sponsor for $5,000, uh, which we have not found one yet. But it, it includes eight playing uh, spots, so you have can bring your eight players out, full-page program recognition, hole-in-one sponsor sign, and introduction at the award ceremony. So that's the $5,000 uh, includes. For $2,500, we haven't received one Eagle sponsorship yet. That's four playing spots, uh, program recognition, uh, and uh, a T-box sign. So those two major... Uh, you know, $5,000, $2,500 sponsorships are still open. We've been fortunate enough to attract uh, some $500 sponsorships. So to date, we're doing okay, but we still would like to be able to uh, to find a $5,000, $2,500 sponsorship. The cost of the uh, tournament uh, individually is $100 per player. That includes green fees, breakfast, uh, sandwiches, uh, lunch, and uh, hole-in-one contest. Uh, we also have longest drive for men and women. We have um, closest to the pin for men and women. And most importantly, we have the bad golf outfit dress off. <laughs> Tell me about need, that. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that the other day. And that, that, that means that we're going to recognize uh, via a prize for the woman and men who uh, have what we consider the ugliest golf outfit. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're hopeful that that will, uh, I've already talked to some of my friends and some of the things I'm hearing is uh, <laughs> devastating <laughs> what they're going to be wearing that day. So anyway, that's, uh, this is the first golf event we've had at Monroe County Friends of Animals. The pandemic has cost us several uh, fairly profitable uh, fundraising opportunities. Yes. And so, therefore, uh, this is our first time out of the box with something since the pandemic started, and we hope to be able to continue this fall with several uh, several of the events. So, uh, we'd love for people who have never played Kahiti, uh, and there are people out there who have not. It's a wonderful golf course uh, with a very wide, very forgiving, and a great view of the Smoky Mountains. So, um, come on out and join us on May the 22nd. That is an 8 o'clock. Breakfast served, 9 o'clock shotgun at Kahiti in uh, Von Orr, Tennessee. Oh, sounds you know, nice. Where can they register? You can register. Very good. You can register online at go to MonroeCountyFriendsOfAnimals.org. MonroeCountyFriendsOfAnimals.org. Also, 
you can pick up a registration at any of the three Teleco golf courses as well as Rarity Bay. So we hope to see you on the 22nd. Yes. And another thing, looking at the website and the information about the golf tournament, I noticed that, um, say, if you don't play golf or you can't play golf and you still want to be a part of it, you can even have a picture of your pet out there. Yes. That has been a very successful part of this endeavor. Uh, we, for $150, you can have a picture up to two pets and of the name of the pets and also your name and whether they are adopted or not. And those will go on the 18 T's. And so far, we have been very successful with that program, and uh, we're very excited about it. And I think people are, too. And they get to take their sign home with them That's afterwards. Right. Put it in the front yard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is sweet. Hopefully, it will encourage, you know, other people to adopt and not shop. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, we're excited about this golf thing. It's the first time we've done one in Monroe County. And, and again, if you haven't played Kahiti, uh, please come on out. You'll enjoy it. It's a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, golf course. and It'll be a great day. And Michelle, I have one more suggestion. We have a thrift store in Monroe County on Highway 411. And if you're looking for that ugly golf, you know, outfit, come on by here because you're supporting us and through the thrift store and uh, getting a lovely, ugly outfit to wear to the golf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I also like to, uh, regarding the thrift store, uh, we'd like to let people know, some people in this audience may not know where we are. We're on uh, Route 411 right across from the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Madisonville, uh, and it's uh, Monroe County Friends of Animals Thrift Store, and it is a terrific place. We get a lot of a lot of wonderful things in here. And the business, uh, since uh, we've reopened from the pandemic, has gone right through the ceiling. So we'd love to have you come down here and visit us. No, absolutely. We can visit at the thrift store. We could be at the golf tournament on May 22nd. All the information, as you said, is on the website, MonroeCountyFriendsOfAnimals.org. Anything else you want to add before we say goodbye for the day? We want to thank you for your time and, and giving us a chance to talk about about Moroni County, Monroe County Friends of Animals. This has been a very good thing for us. Oh, my pleasure. That's what, that's what we're here for. And we just we want to wish you luck. And uh, of course, we have so much love and passion for animals that we hope to see this new shelter break ground in 2022. We'll, we'll invite you to the groundbreaking show. Absolutely. And you could go by Jim's house and uh, and adopt a couple of puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely at least come and play with the puppies. My dog Margarita, who is also a rescue, yeah. she 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 yeah, she's not crazy about having any brothers or sisters right now. <laughs> No, she's a star. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all so much for joining us. Teresa Underwood, Executive Director of Monroe County Friends of Animals, along with Jim Barrett, who is the President of the Board, and Richard Seymour, who's been joining us to explain a little bit more, as well as tell us all about that golf tournament, May 22nd. All right. Well, thank you so much, Monroe County Friends of Animals. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. During this pandemic, a lot has changed. Many of us have changed. There's a lot going on. There are many resources available. Today, we're diving into English Mountain, or should I say we're climbing up there? <laughs> it's in Sevierville. And what have you, I hear from Jay Cannon, who is the lead community outreach for English Mountain. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Jay, so nice to connect with you and uh, been hearing a little bit about English Mountain Recovery in Sevierville. Tell us a little bit about the program. Okay, well, it's perfect timing to be doing this. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're a treatment center, 42 beds, 
detox and residential treatment, and we treat primary substance use, uh, which can be alcohol, drugs, prescription drugs, illicit drugs, right up there on the top of English Mountain. Is it like a retreat there? It is a retreat, and I've heard several origin stories about it from it used to be a square dancing lodge to it used to be a retreat for doctors. Um, it's a 27-acre campus. It's We've got condo-style living up there. Uh, the condos like have a beautiful look right through the hollow, and then the campus is built around that. Uh, we've got equine therapy, so horse pasture and uh basketball court, a swimming pool in the summer. Uh, so it's really prestige and nice to look at. Oh, I bet. 42 beds. Are those taken up right now during the pandemic? Uh, we have been seeing higher numbers. Uh, it does fluctuate a bit depending on uh, need, time of year, small little variables that are hard to track, uh, but we've run very close to full. Um, detox is full right now, in fact. Oh, I bet. And is it just for people locally, or do you get people from all over the region and country? You know, we get folks from all over. Uh, we we try to kind of advertise the seclusion as being an alternative to trying to get sober in a hospital setting or in the city somewhere. So we will have people from all over that seek us out and want to kind of come to the mountain and, and disconnect and turn their phone off and, and focus on themselves yeah. um, and try to heal. And about how long is the average stay? So we offer several tracks, uh, 30, 60, 90 days, and that's normally determined by a clinician. Sometimes on the front end, I can advise, if you've never done treatment before, try this. If you've done just the detox and it didn't work, or you did just the 28-day stay and it didn't work, maybe we try a longer length of stay. Uh, so we do try to offer some, and, and some people are working and got to get back to work or have families. Uh, so we, we want to eliminate as many barriers as possible, and that might be something we talk about as we go forward. But we, we want to be accommodating to what you need. Right. And most of the people that are needing and coming to English Mountain Recovery, is it uh, mostly alcohol? Is it mostly drugs? Oh, that's a very great question. So, Michelle, I've seen it change quite a bit. It used to be a lot of alcohol, and then we remember this pain pill pandemic. Um, that was a few years ago, and opiates really spiked. Now we rarely see pain pill opiates we see some heroin meth is up there uh, it's very it's coming out to be very hard for the mental withdrawals from it the physical withdrawals aren't so bad but mentally overcoming the methamphetamine it seems to go and change um, alcohol is still up there um, it's just a continually continually bad substance uh, hurts a lot of people but yeah it does vary it's a very very interesting question yeah. And how has the pandemic affected abuse of drugs and abuse of opioids and alcohol? It's I've been telling a lot of people it's a very dangerous time for folks. You're home alone, you're stuck, you're you're scared. A lot of AA and traditional recovery methods, 12-step meetings have shut down. Uh, they're not meeting in person, so there goes some of your network. Changes in life and job. And, and let's be honest, just being on top of your significant other family, uh, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. You got spouses button heads and, and coping in, in unhealthy ways. We've seen a significant spike um, across the board, all levels of care and all substances since this pandemic. And these stimulus checks aren't helping when they go out. 
we, we see the rates dip as everybody's spending that stimulus money, and then we see them spike back up as that money runs out and people are in a really bad spot. Is that when they um, go into that state where they need more or they need help? They need more and they need help, and we try to do stuff like this to catch them, uh, again, lowering those barriers, talking to hospitals, uh, leaving brochures out, whatever we can do, uh, these radio shows so they know, hey, call. When you're ready, call. We want to see willingness from the person. I get a lot of calls from uh, parents. They'll start an investigation process, and you do want to look into it. You want to call around. You want to find the right fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the parents will be calling, and they'll say, you know, I've, I've called 10 places. I really like you guys. I'm going to talk to my son about you and one other place we really like, and we'll give you a call back. At some point on the front end, we want to speak to the patients themselves. Sometimes the hospital caseworker will call, and we'll talk with them, and then they'll get us on the phone. And sometimes the patient will just call directly. Again, we want to keep just trying to lower the barriers and, and make that phone call happen with the patient because then we find the most success once we get to actually speak to the patient mitigate some of their fear levels, their nervousness, because it is a big decision you're about to make. And I, I promise you, your disease is fighting you. It's trying to talk you out of it. Um, and and once you get on the phone with somebody, a lot of our admission staff, myself included, are in long-term recovery. And I'll say, hey, I've been on the other side of this phone call. Um, I'm proud of you. This is a huge step. I'm not forcing you to do anything. When you're ready, you now you know our number. And so that's kind of the aim is whoever we can talk to, let's get to the patient at some point and let's try to just make them comfortable and help them with this big decision. Okay, you opened it up, Jay. Do you want to share some of your story with us? I'd be happy to. I'm a Knoxville native originally, had a lot of good things going on, good family, and uh, started dabbling with these pain pills like a lot of people did. Same medicine enough, you'd hear the stories of, well, you can get them at the pharmacy, they can't be that bad. And uh, boy, they took me down a, a long and dark road. And I'd be happy to share more about that. But instead, let's talk about the positivity here. I found uh, recovery six years ago in February, went to treatment, went to detox, then treatment, met some guys in treatment who helped me get into a sober living. And I did sober living in Asheville, North Carolina. And I never looked back. There were up days. There were down days. Uh, I kind of stuck with the winners. I took a lot of suggestions. And uh, it's the hands-down best decision I've ever done. I've got a family now, uh, Lindsay and JC. And uh, I got my parents know that if I don't pick up, I'm not somewhere getting into trouble. I'm just busy with work. And I get to do this. And Mm -hmm. it's... uh, I hope when you're listening, you're like, man, that guy's telling my story a little bit. I used to have all those things. I lost them all. Um, and because it is a battle, and that brings us to the tactical recovery, which is when we've been able to add these veterans. Um, we're, fighting a, we're fighting a battle here. This is your life. Um, literally, you can lose it. We've, if you've been in the field long enough, you know folks that have died from this, mm-hmm. close friends. Um, but even your quality of living. I, I used to picture Michelle waking up every day. And I'd have to first thing go get my fix to function the rest of the day. And I had I was like, how am I going to do this when I'm 40, 50 years old? I'm going to have to stop on the way to I assumed I'd have a corporate job and get drugs in the morning to be able to function. It's just an absolute insane thing. So I'm happy to be able to give back and, and use that. I didn't know why I was suffering at the time, why I was going through this. Now I do so I could share this story with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was quite a blessing to be able to persevere. Yeah, being that tied to to drugs or alcohol that's just no way to live life no way to live life well i'm glad to hear you've moved forward and we're hearing more about english mountain recovery in Sevierville. and you mentioned veterans now english mountain has a special program for veterans and the military 
Yeah, this is a phenomenal thing. It's uh, very new. They did the Mission Act in 2019, and it opened select facilities up to be a part of the community care network. And because of our length of being around, we do trauma work. We do comorbidity, which is dual diagnosis, so substance use and some mental health. Uh, We were selected to go in this community care network. And what it means for veterans is if you're enrolled in the VA, the VA can say, hey, instead of you coming into our internal program, so maybe they're shut down because of COVID, maybe they're on a waiting list, maybe you live too far away from your primary VA, we can make a referral over to uh, English Mountain. And so it opens up the doors. The VA is going to cover the cost of this. Uh, they'll authorize good days depending on what the medical doctor thinks. So they'll pay for a 30, 45, 60-day length of stay. And you'll get into our tactical recovery. And the name tactical, uh, just sh- we, we really put some thought into this. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a thought-out program of how do we win this battle? We're fighting a battle here. And so when you check in, uh, we've always done a mentorship kind of program where you'll get paired with somebody. So for the veterans, we'll do a battle buddy. So you'll get paired with another veteran who's been there, who knows his way around, who's a leader in the community, and get you through there. We did Psych Armor. It's a nationally recognized program for our clinicians uh, and support staff, direct care staff like myself did a shorter module. But it's got a lot of uh, veteran-specific things, uh, service member-connected things as far as terminology, as far as some specific traumas, uh, things of that nature. Military sexual trauma is covered in there. And uh, we've added stuff on the back end as well as we were building this out. We've uh, partnered with Unite Us, which is another national platform, and they'll help with everything from housing, employment, vocational rehab, transportation to and from. Uh, We got a guy now, he's in Fayetteville, and they're working, putting a a transport plan together for him. It's just the nonprofit that does this. Uh, So there's tons of resources. And when we started, we didn't have these in place. We just knew we had an opportunity. Hey, here's a chance to help these veterans. It's something that uh, some of our staff are ex-service members, uh, family of service members. And so we said, let's take full advantage of this. And my team, we just went out there and started Discovering these resources. Front end, we've connected with the VAs now. We've connected with the outpatients, veteran service centers, uh, third-party veteran services. And then on the back end, we've been able to connect too. And I think we were kind of the missing piece to this whole thing. When the VAs backed up, when they're seeing 100 patients and there's no beds, um, so that's where we're able to step in and fill some of this need. And it's been, it's been very fantastic. We've got Fantastic reviews from the veterans, fantastic reviews from the VA. It's just a good fit, a good option to have. And to start that process, we'll go over the admissions number at the uh, end of this, Michelle. All you got to do is call us, and we've now learned how to navigate this. At first, it wasn't so. We had to connect with some good VAs and just say, hey, can you help us do a pilot case? Mm-hmm. Um, because it was so new. And so now we've really streamlined this process. Uh, so you can give us a call and we can help walk you through your VA and make it happen. And for people who weren't in the service, they're not veterans, does insurance help pay? And is there any, I guess, insurance uh, involved that pays for it or is it all out of pocket? No, no, there's, there's a, a ton of avenues just like these veterans. Uh, we can do primary insurance. We can do... Uh, there's grants. There's a ton of options. It's always best to just call. Uh, now, we are small, so if we fill up, still free, feel free to call us because uh, we may have availability coming up. Or we may be able to say, hey, 
uh, again, my team's in the field every day networking. So I'll be able to say, hey, here's a great facility over here, or a great place you can go, or these folks take your insurance, you can go for free. Uh, so again, one more of those barriers, if we can take it away, we can help some folks. And how does English Mountain Recovery and Survival differ from other treatment facilities? So one of the things uh, is our programming, which we can talk about. The other is our location, a little bit outside, a little more peaceful. Uh, and then our licensing. So we're a true residential facility. Um, there's some facilities out there that are maybe partial hospitalization, um, things like that. But we're true residential, so we're going to have 24-7 medical. Uh, we're going to have a higher staff-to-client ratio. We're going to have master's levels clinicians. Uh, so when you're looking into programs, you want to ask kind of those questions. Our modalities is uh, Keisha's our, our clinical director. Her background has some psych in it. Um, so she's built programming around comorbidity and dual diagnosis. And, and I, I say it's like the milk and cookies. A lot of times you'll see uh, mental health, Michelle, in there with this substance use. And it's got so blurred where it's are you drinking because you're depressed or are you depressed because you're drinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is your use causing you to do this? Or do you have high anxiety and you're self-medicating? And, and so we want to meet people where they're at. So our, our program is a little different in that is we want to identify what's really going on and, and build your treatment plan around that. So all treatment plans are going to be individualized. So once we do your assessment, when you come in within 72 hours, we'll have your treatment plan built and, and it's going to mirror that. English Mountain Recovery in Sevierville. You can also go to EnglishMountain.com. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Michelle Silva. Thanks for listening. Remember, East Tennessee Now is available on demand as a podcast from iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Silva, and I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to East Tennessee Now, a weekly public affairs program featuring some of the people and organizations that make Knoxville and East Tennessee such a great place to live. If you have a suggestion for the program, we'd love to hear from you. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 27100. Knoxville, Tennessee, 37927, or call the studios at 865-525-6000. That's 865-525-6000. East Tennessee Now is a presentation of Midwest Communications Company.